When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Bambi's U.S.-based personnel are dedicated to your business, giving you access to the HR expertise and personal touch you need. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 per year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash C-Suite right now. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash C-Suite. Bambi.com slash C-Suite. Megan Gibson. The well-being of one person in a family affects the whole family system. This is a supportive community to share research, resources, stories, tips, and life hacks to keep the family brain healthy. So today on The Family Brain, I'll be talking with Jenny and John Largent. And John actually is the founder of Game Day Media, which is producing my podcast and could not do it without his assistance because I love the talking part, but I don't so much love the technical aspect of things. So I'm talking to them about they're raising their three teenage sons. I've gotten a lot of questions from listeners about just wanting to know how to navigate those years and just think it can be intimidating. A lot of my, well, my kids are younger and a lot of the people I know have kids that are not teenagers yet, but I know it's a a period of time where we kind of can get a little bit anxious. And so Jenny and John are here to share their insights about what has worked for them and for their families. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm just talking about girls, how I was girls talking can about be the aggressors and how to give them tools. Absolutely. And so you can't protect them from not going to the movies, in my opinion. Like if, if you do, then you haven't taught them anything. But it is a, a tricky situation for a boy in middle school because if he rejects the girl and she gets her feelings hurt, she goes back to school and says he's gay. Mm. You know, and then he's got a whole new mess of trouble. And so I was trying to think of, you know, how could he respond? And so what I kind of came up with, not that I gave this tool to my children back when it would have helped them, but you know, if they said, if the boy could say something like, you know, in my experience, rushing into this ruins the chance of this becoming more, you know, and instead he comes away holding onto his manhood of sounding more experienced, like, you know, gives the impression, oh, we've tried, I've done this before with other girls and that didn't end well, you know, he would of course have to put it in his words, but, um, helping them through that situation before it happens. But a lot of the discussion I've been having with my sons now is about how, you know, sex needs to be a two-way street because I think what's happening in our culture is you have these girls who are the aggressors and basically they're pimping themselves. And so the problem is that they feel abused and yet they're the ones who did it. And so they feel victimized by the boys and when it's a one-sided interaction. 
And so I've told my sons, you know, if it's not a mutual pleasure, and of course, watching them figure out the euphemism I'm trying to explain there, I'm doing a lot of eyebrows and a lot of head nodding. And like, you know, unless it's mutual, everybody's getting pleasure from the experience. You don't need to be participating. And if you're not in a close enough relationship that she feels safe enough to be receiving pleasure from you, you don't need to be receiving pleasure from her because that's not a mutual equal relationship. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tough time. Yeah. And, and, and this is an area I think she and I really have different opinions on <laughs> because I'm old school. I'm like, don't do it. Nobody should be having any pleasure of any kind whatsoever. Sex is about love. It's about a relationship. It's about, it's a, it's a, to me, it's more of a, um, a holy bond. And I know that comes off as being archaic and cheesy. And, but that's just my feeling about it. So, um, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this because this is, I think it's an important and we can always edit it. Uh, <laughs> he saw the look of terror. Yeah. What are we sharing about sex exactly so on our, uh, our international s- radio here? <laughs> yeah. So our uh, oldest son uh, got to a point where um, we kind of knew what was going on. I mean, there was activity and he was 18, I think, um, maybe. Um, but a decision was made in our household that knowing that something was probably going on, that we would make condoms available to our oldest son, not here, you know, not shaking the hand and, Hey, I'm proud of you, son. Nothing like that, but they were available. Like like the part he's editing from this story for his own comfort (laughs) is that that conversation happened a lot earlier. Um, I want to say that I made those available a lot earlier. What I did and I got stole the idea from somebody else was you go to Costco or Sam's and get the giant box. You open it and you put it somewhere and you let, and I let all the boys know where it was. And I'm like, we do not condone you using this. We don't want you to be doing anything like this. However, these are available. And if you want to, if your friends need them, whoever that's, they're there. I'm not going to count them. I don't want to know if the box is ever empty. Let me know. But I don't, just because I don't agree with you doing that kind of activity means that I'm not going to give you the tools to protect yourself if you do. Because I'm more, you know, if it's going to happen, I don't want a grandchild and I don't want an STD. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other part of the conversation you can have with children um, around sex is being really honest about what that f- those first experiences are going to be like and letting them appreciate how scary it's going to be because I, they, and then I've told mine, you know, it, it does not look at all like it does on television. It is not that experience to start out with. You're not going to know what the heck you're doing. You're not going to know you're going to be scared. You're going to feel vulnerable. It's going to be awkward as all get out. And it's, you're probably not even going to enjoy it that much. Honestly, it's scary and weird. And do you want to have scary and weird with somebody you don't know very well? You know, do you, and, and if she does know what she, you know, it's like, and if she's really good at it, that means that she's done it a lot. And that's another conversation. Is that who you want to be with? 
Or do you want to be with somebody that you really know and you trust and you can be awkward and weird and scared with? You know, so give, giving them a realistic picture of what they're considering, I think, is so critical. You know, because I, I find that when I give my children the full picture, they will often make the choice that I would hope they would make. So when it comes to, you know, moving in with your girlfriend, you know, we have one who we have a 19 year old and that's a consideration. You know, you have to be that that's a conversation that could be happening with somebody who's, you know, college age. And we are very opposed to it. And I said, the reason we are opposed are probably not the reasons you think it is not because, you know, it's our staunch Christian values that you've got to be married before you have sex and be married before you move in together or whatever. The reasons that I am opposed to it is, is because if you are committed to somebody enough to sign a lease with them, get a dog together, buy furniture and put your whole life together, then you need to go ahead and get married. And if you're not that committed to somebody, you need to be able to escape once you realize that relationship isn't working for you. And, you know, and you, you go ahead and help them visualize what it looks like. Okay. So you're living in a one bedroom apartment and you're fighting and you've decided you don't like her anymore. Where are you going to go? You're in a one bedroom apartment and you don't have another home. And you have a year lease that you've and got, you've a- got a year lease and a dog together. So what are, what's going to happen? You're going to take the easy route out, patch it up, keep going, even though part of you knows it's time to move on, but you won't move on because it's too complicated. Well, who moves out? Well, how do you break the lease? How, what, how is she going to get, you know, it's complicated. Wouldn't it, doesn't it make a lot more sense to each of you has your own place. I don't care who's spending the night at whose house. That can happen all day long. But when you decide it's time to move on, you can go, okay, well, here's your, your toothbrush and your, you know, whatever your shirt that you left at my house. And then you have your separate spaces and you can make that choice. When we presented it that way, it was like, oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. I don't want to be trapped, you know, and, and, and when you give them reasoning behind what makes sense, I find that they'll, they'll make the yeah. choice and it's not you telling them, right. You know, if, if, if they're much more likely to follow a decision they make for themselves versus what you tell them to do right. just by sort of painting a picture of what is exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, I love that. What about, um, did you ever have a conversation with your kids about masturbation? I am, I don't have a problem with that. Um, and two of our children share a room. Um, we keep the computers in a common area. So, and they, they face away from the wall, but if the laptop goes in the bathroom and they're watching what they tell me is, you know, parks and rec, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know that I've ever had that conversation. I haven't. Yeah. I think that's, that's not, that's not a hot button for us. Okay. Um, that's not something that I have a problem with. So, and I also don't think there's, I'm sure it's happening, but I don't think that there is, um, I I guess that's, that's to me, um, better than the alternative, but 
but yeah, I, I really that really hasn't crossed my mind a whole lot as far as how to. I mean, we, we don't have any. Our religious views would not be in conflict with that, so that might be an issue that well, somebody else would have. Well, and it's more, I think, that um, one of the questions one of the listeners asked was just about how to present a not shaming view of sex, masturbation, yeah. bodily changes, things like that. And I guess masturbation is just kind of part of that package. But um, I mean, in some ways, it sounds like by it's all the little things that add up is my mm -hmm. perspective that creates that like you don't need to be ashamed, but think about the choices you're making. Right. That's what it right. sounds like. And I do doing. think that we had a discussion about pornography once upon a time, yes. at least with one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and basically we talked about it in terms of addiction that you just, you really need to, that's one of those things you really need to be cautious about. And, and, you know, talking, and that's something we haven't addressed yet, which would be alcohol and drugs and that whole, there's a whole other thing there. Something that, um, yeah. I know with it, the pornography piece, it's hard to, um, comfortably talk about that as a parent a lot of times, because for some reason they think you don't know anything about that. And I was like, yeah, we do. <laughs> so Every I generation discovers sex. Yeah. So there's a really popular actor named Terry Crews. He's, he's a huge guy, big athlete. He's been in a ton of movies and he talked about how pornography almost ruined his life. And so, um, instead of maybe coming from our perspective, we'll say, well, why don't you read this story about Terry Crews? Because they, he played in the NFL. He was a big macho dude. And he talks about how pornography literally almost ruined his entire life. And so I think that as a parent and giving him a resource that's maybe a third party that they like and respect because they like his movies and things that he, he's in, that they, they can relate to that maybe more than, than mom or dad. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, and I think telling them why it's a problem. Like, so it's not, so if you're talking about pornography and be careful with pornography, not because pornography is bad and you shouldn't do it and it's wrong. You know, it's that if you come from the, this is where it can be a problem. Yeah. And it goes back to our respect of women, because that's the one thing that when you yeah. look at a, a woman, um, and objectify them simply as a tool for sex and a tool for pleasure. It desensitizes everything else that they think about a woman, uh, about women. And it's like when you, and, and I always say this and, and I say it every time, you know, that's, that girl is somebody's daughter. That girl is somebody that's probably put into a situation that they're not happy with. And, you know, do you really want to be a person that takes advantage of someone's um, bad luck, bad behavior, bad upbringing, whatever that is? Because I, I feel like that's exploitation. And so that objectification of women. And, is and we do that, have those conversations, you know, like strip clubs. We've talked yeah. about strip clubs before and how I'm like, OK, you walk into a strip club, you are just a walking dollar sign. You are not a person to those women and the, the, the women who have ended up there have, have had those situations. And, and, and I think when you look at it, when you take the, Ooh, this is cool and sexy and kind of remind them of that, it's not as appealing, you know, that it, you don't want to be a part of something like that. Um, 
Yeah, and and you know we're we're not. I wouldn't necessarily um, consider us um, like just so restrictive on people's. <laughs> You know, I just I've told been, them I gave them condoms very early, honey. That's I think, true. I think that's they've true. already blown that yeah, impression. <laughs> Never mind. I, I digress. No, but it is. And I think that's why it's important that we all talk about this kind of stuff because it's very easy as parents to feel isolated and feel like, are we too strict? Are we too permissive? Are we? It you is. Know, and it's, it's nice it's to weird. have people to talk to, like mm-hmm. that sort of say, no, I got your back. I think you're doing a good job, you know, or I, I see where you're coming from. Even if it didn't end up the way you wanted it to. You know, I see where your intention was and I see you were doing the best with whatever information you had. Yep. And and it comes down to that, that honesty, you know, you, you've got to, even as painful as it can be, sometimes you got to be honest with your kids. Um, and I think we have to be honest as parents too, because although we disagree on things, we rarely fight about things and I will defer to her on certain issues like the condom. We kind of have a, whoever cares more wins. (laughs) Yeah. And it, and it makes it for, yeah. And and it it really does. It surprisingly works well. You know, whoever has the strongest opinion, they'll usually win, which we're pretty balanced. So it's not like somebody's always. Well, (laughs) okay. I win all the time. It's true. It's true. What about the drugs and alcohol? How did you approach that? So what I did there was, um, I, as a child have been in a situation where I went to, um, like narcotics anonymous meetings with a family friend as, and I was like a, a middle schooler. And would end up with like these cocaine anonymous meetings. And it was very enlightening to sit in the back and listen to the struggles that people have. And so this was way back in the 80s. This was a long time ago. And um, to duplicate. And I have to this day never tried anything because I am not good at denying myself stuff. I don't know about you, but pff, chocolate, forget it. You know, I'm going to. I'm going to partake. And so I have always had that philosophy of, I don't want to try anything I can't continue to have safely. And so, um, I wanted that same experience for my children. And luckily A&E has that intervention show. And so we've been watching inter, I mean, we haven't watched it much lately, but we watched it a lot when they were in elementary school. And what I would point out to them is, okay, see how this person is self-medicating because of this, almost every one of those stories, there was a problem that started the reason they needed to self-medicate either, you know, mm-hmm. they were molested, something happened. There's usually an abandonment issue. There's usually something. And I told them early on, I said, I ever catch wind that you're having any troubles. I'm going to figure out why you're self-medicating, you know, and, and just put that attachment in their head of if somebody's you know, if, if you're getting messed up in drugs, it's probably because you have a problem that needs to be addressed and, um, and, and we'll get you help. You know, it's like, and, and I think letting kids know that it's okay to ask for help, um, is so huge that they can come to you and, and t- give them that information. Say you ever feel like you need to talk to somebody, or if you're ever drawn to doing some risky behaviors or, you know, something that or you're ever having troubles, you don't have to tell me what those troubles are. Just let me know so we can get you some help. And, and, and if your kid ever does come to you and ask for counseling, just, you can even tell them this in advance, say, I will ask you two questions. Are you in danger? 
and and are you at, in danger of self-harm? Because in today's age, that is something you need to be aware of as parents as, and to, of teenage boys, especially. I mean, suicide is a serious fear that you need to be aware of. It's like we don't have guns in the house, and that's why. Yeah. I said, I am not going to make it easy for my kids to kill themselves. Yeah. And that's another issue that totally uh, the gun, but before we talk about the guns, because that's an interesting story too, but, uh, and for me, and I think it's this, this, um, because she has an approach, I have a different approach, but I think because they are both approaches to deal with it, I think it fortifies the the idea that drugs and alcohol typically don't have good outcomes. And, um, and, and I usually use the example of when, you know, they talk about drug usage thing. I think you never hear stories about how someone really struggled until they took that first snort of cocaine and how it just changed their life for the better. Right. That's never been a story that's ever been told. And so I was like, so why would you go down that road? And then the, and the other thing with alcohol too, that I have always, and it really, you know, I will have a sip of beer every now and then, but I'm not a big drinker at all. Um, but I also don't make it this forbidden thing for the kids. They would look, Hey, what is that? And I was like, Oh, it's a beer. And like, here, have a sip. You know, when they were six or seven, they hate it. Great. That's aversion therapy. I drink gin and tonic. They think I'm insane. (laughs) So, you know, you, you don't expose them to things that, uh, or, or you do expose them to things that you can control, but also know that at that age, they're, they're, I guess it's hard to explain, but I think just letting them experience it for themselves, just in a very small, you know, if one of them had taken it, oh, I love this. And then that would have been problematic, my, my bad, <laughs> but it never has been because I, you know, we want them to. Uh, explore those things that they're curious about, but know that the results, um, just from our experiences, older adults, that, uh, the outcome is probably going to be what, but the one thing that isn't is, is hiding it away as this forbidden thing because growing up in a small town, uh, that was a dry county, you couldn't even buy alcohol where I grew up. Keeping that small as, towns are big drinking places in Texas. Yeah, and it becomes a huge issue teenagers. because it's a it's a um, it becomes a this forbidden thing. And as soon as I get a chance, I'm going to break the law and I'm going to get that. And I'm going to you know I'm going to be the cool kid. And it never works out well. So it's like that's why a lot of con- we're also not the kind of parents though that provide. We, oh no, we, we never absolutely have considered no providing alcohol to our teenagers dangerous now i mean somebody was telling me about a circumstance like oh well they thought it would be safer to i mean do they want to lose all of their money and their home and it's just a bad (laughs) idea it's a very bad idea i don't know a lot of things but i do know that's a bad idea that's a bad idea (laughs) well and that and that brings me to um having that conversation with your kids in advance about if you find yourself in that situation um this isn't a new idea but having a safe word when your kids call you like to ask permission for things, like if, you know, they call me mom, if they ever call and they're, they call me mommy or call me mama or mother or something that's not just mom, then my red flags are going to go up. It's like, okay, this is not an okay situation. They, you know, and then you can start on the other side of the phone with the questions of, do you need me to come and get you? Do you, 
you know, are you, is there a problem? Do you want me to say no to whatever it is you're asking? You know, whatever that case may be so that, and, and, and I tell my boys, make me the bad guy. Tell them I said no, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, feel free to make me the bad guy. If you're ever in a situation where people want you to do something and you don't want to do it, say, oh yeah, my mom won't let me. Yeah, And they know. know that we're not going to beat them up right then. We're not going right. to judge and, and, them. And about, so to right. finish the whole, if you find yourself in a drinking situation, I've told my children, if you're in a, in a situation like that and you can't, you know, whoever you're with. For whatever reason that, you know, if they're drunk, you need a ride any time of day or night. You call us, no questions asked. We will come and help you. If you find yourself in a situation where somebody's got alcohol poisoning, you call me. You, you know, you, we will deal with it, in which case I would call an ambulance <laughs> before I did anything else. But, um, you know, just that don't ever be afraid of getting in trouble when somebody's life is in danger, you know, and you need to have those conversations with them about this can happen. And I taught my kids about, um, um, Oh, there's a word for it about the quantities, about how small of a quantity makes a drink. So it's like, I'll show them a shot glass and be like, this is, you know, this is a serving of liquor. So if it's a vodka, you'd have no business chugging part of the bottle right? because they have no concept of, you know, the percentages of alcohol, you know, so, you know, a 12 ounce beer is the same as the four ounce glass of wine is the same as an ounce of whiskey or whatever, you know, educating them because they, they genuinely have no clue. And you'll hear stories about, you know, these kids chugging vodka and you're just like, you have no clue how fast that's going to hit your system and what it's going to do to you. And again, you've got to educate them, sit down and watch. I mean, like there's all kinds of, you know, drunk fails, on Instagram, watch Oprah, that with Oprah them. did. I remember she did that, like this experiment, and I remember thinking, I need to show this to my kids when they get to that age mm-hmm. where where this is an issue, because it was like showing the progression of somebody getting drunk and like I feel better, I'm, woo, and then just you still think you look super cool, but you look oh. super sad. Oh, it's you know? pathetic. Yes, and and my kids have watched enough of those just on their own because they're entertaining. Drunk fails. Okay. Yeah, drunk fails, <laughs> and that none of them have an interest in, in that. I mean, I'm, if anything, I think my kids would be tempted to smoke weed, but I, because that the perception of that has really changed in our culture, that weed is the safe thing now and alcohol is the dangerous. And so that's just, it's kind of interesting to just try to watch the culture and see what's happening. And, and I have heard from one of my children that it's easier for them to get weed than alcohol because it's, it's illegal. So it's illegal for everybody. And so they have people that they know who will deliver that to them versus alcohol is, is harder. Right. So it's just kind of interesting, something to be aware of. And, but in my children's minds, the alcohol is the more danger of the dangerous of the two. So it's, it's just, the world is changing. Right. And it's hard to keep up with it. You know, you get your oh. story and your approach and then you're like, wait, it changed. It's, it's you know? changed again. Yes. Okay, great. Yes. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask a little bit about, I had a few questions and I know we're probably we can edit, okay. So. Um, about mood swings and just the mm. changing personalities and how to manage changing bodies, changing moods, sort of knowing that that's something that's that going on. That reminds me actually of something that um, your very first podcast with your friend, 
um, Jill Goldsby. Yes, I, I yes. She is also my hey, Jill. Uh, what do you what are what are we going to call that? Editorial chief. Yes, chief. Edi- yes, editorial chief. She does my show notes for me. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, shout I out very Jill. much. I very much enjoyed that. And she was talking about um, how she uses that strategy with her son of the try again. Mm. And as I was listening to that, I thought, okay, but as you take that into their teenage years, it, that needs to be internalized. And, and as a parent, I model that without even, you know, like when you say something wrong or you mishandle a situation, you can say yourself, can I try that again? You know, I kind of blew that. And, and, and I think it's important to model for them that it's okay to make a mistake and, but you've got to own it and you've got to apologize and try to do the best you can. But, um, and it's okay to ask for try agains. Um, yeah. And I think we've, we've done a good job of, um, when we have screwed up as parents, we go to them and we apologize and we say, look, we didn't handle that great. And, uh, you know, we love you very much. We're concerned. It was done out of love, but we messed up. And, and I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think in, to Jenny's point too, it models that. And so we see that even with the siblings at times. Now, sometimes they're still just, you know, but they'll, if it's something genuine, they'll apologize or, or they'll, you know, say, Hey, I didn't handle that great with each other, which, uh, and, and I think it does because we, we, we've owned up to it, which is hard for me. To, well, to and nowadays up. with the culture, it's my bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, yeah, it, but I hear that I, one a lot. My yeah, bad. <laughs> we do hear that and that's their, their apology, but, but yeah, it, it's something that was not taught in my culture, but it's, it's something that, uh, makes a lot of sense. And it's, again, as soon as you shake off all the things that are expected of you and just be yourself, it just makes things so much easier. And so much of it, I think, is modeling. It's like if you're being, as the two parents, your true selves and sort of being yes. vulnerable if with them, being I'm doing the best, and, yeah. Yeah. then that's going to be And, and a lot of learn. times when you let them know, I know there's two trains of thought and, and John's more of the train of thought of isolate, you know, trying to insulate them from the struggles that we're having as a family. Like we may be having financial struggles or whatever our situation may be, um, you know, they don't need to be burdened with that. So that's one school of thought. And then there's the other school of thought, which is more my way of thinking of, well, no, this is part of being in a family and we're in this together. And so, you know, they know, well, okay, yeah, we can't, we can't buy the fancy tennis shoes this time because, you know, things aren't, we're waiting for this to happen or that to happen and we're not there yet. And, you know, yeah, we were supposed to go on that vacation and that didn't happen. And this is why. You know, and, and I think showing that vulnerability makes them much more likely to want to support you and help you versus, you know, you just snapping at them, you know, and, and then that becomes that adversarial relationship. Yeah. And I'm more open to that now that they're older than yes, when I have really persuaded were younger. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had a, I had a business deal that went really badly uh, about a 10 years ago. And I really, I mean, it was pretty devastating and I just didn't want the kids to be burdened with that and she's like no it's part of being a family and, she, and it's part of being an right. entrepreneur because we have three burgeoning entrepreneurs and you need to know that it's not all do what you love and you'll 
be right. rich and everything and will come to you. it's not a straight you. line, you it, know, oh, it's going to go downhill. Oh, good Lord. My, our life is a roller coaster. <laughs> and sometimes, I mean, that's what it is, but, right. um, but I didn't, I totally dodged your question about mood swings. Okay. And puberty. Well, I mean, um, I think you're, you, you did speak to it in that we all mess up and that's part of what mood swings are. And, right? and I, I think mean, that's trying to get them to share and, and they may not, but that might be an opportunity to, you know, let's go for Let's go get a milkshake, mm-hmm. get in the car. Let's just go get a milkshake and we could sit at Sonic and have a milkshake and not get any eye contact. But you may find out there's something behind that mood swing. Yeah. It may be, you know, the cyberbullying or, you know, there's so many things out there right now. And, and it may just be, you know, do you ever think it would be helpful for, for you to talk to someone, you know, like don't, don't shy away from that because nowadays, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's much more acceptable. Well, and I think on a basic level, the, the mood swings to me, uh, and again, this is where we handle things differently, but um, m- maybe not so much in the bigger picture. But, you know, we have um, a kid that if he doesn't get enough sleep, he's just miserable. And rather than, you know, he comes in pouting or something like that and ask him a question and he's short or he's dismissive or, or whatever. It's like, okay, you didn't get enough sleep last night. That's on you. You know you're this way when you are when you don't get enough sleep. You need to change that because when you get older and you go into work and you're pissy like this and you say something wrong to the wrong person, that could be your job. And so if it's something that causes you to act a certain way, do something to change it. And so we kind of, you know, I, I kind of the bad cop in that regard. But then if there's an underlying issue, she's there to to have that nurture, which, you know, I'm and not, we're not good about bedtimes and things like that. I'll be honest. Yeah. We're not schedules are not something I are not a strength of mine. I'm not a good rituals person. And so. I'm very ritualized, but as far as like the kids, like, no, no, you have to, no. you know, we're not. Yeah. Well, and they're kind of at the point where they need to, they need to figure it. it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and one of ours did that. He went and researched different uh, things and, and to give hope to parents out there who have the kids that won't eat right and they're eating junk food and you're like, I have taught them better. I swear I've taught them better. Why do they only eat junk? 15 year old decided that he was done. You know, he, he did an experiment and for two months, no soda, no chips, no junk food, no sugar, no anything. And you know, he dropped like 10 or 15 pounds and that was just on his own. For no particular reason. And he wasn't a big kid to start off Yeah, and he wasn't wasn't big to begin with. But just to, you know, just wanted to see how that was. The skin cleared up, (laughs) you know, and it was like that was just a decision that he made. So you, I I think there's this pressure on parents that you have to make them these perfect people. And it's like they're going to make their own choices and and you can give them information and they're going to follow some of it and some of them they won't. If you've given them the information, it's in their brain somewhere, and at some point, hopefully, it'll trigger. Right. But don't don't beat yourself up. You're not going to do it perfectly. No, nobody does, and that's okay. And they need to know that too. Right. And and you can tell them that. Look, look. You know, there's no manual for raising this particular child. And and you know, and I've even told one of mine that you know, you are my most challenging individual for these reasons and I'm doing my best. If you have some strategies that I could use, what 
what could I do? You know, literally talk to them like people, right? They're, they're smart. And it turns out smart. the most challenging ones per what I've read. Um, cause I also have a couple challenging people, um, that they end up being able to handle things in the world later really, really well. It's just getting through these earlier years that it's yes. just help, helping them figure challenging. the path. Yeah. You know, what, what is, and, and they're going to take you down paths you never thought you would go down. And you just have to be okay with that and let them do what they need to do to be their authentic selves. You know, I mean, I, I just don't think it's useful to try and fight that because it's going to be a losing battle and right. you'll just lose the relationship. It's like in any, a lot of it is picking your battles. And then also how do I preserve the relationship? Cause as long as you have the relationship, you have access, you lose the relationship, you lose access. You've got nothing to work with. So you may find yourself, you know, helping them figure out how to leave high school early. You may help find yourself help, helping them figure out how to not do college that they, they may not follow the path that you just took as a given mm-hmm. and, and helping them be, you know, I, I really avoid using words like happy. It's like, I really try not to say, I want you to be happy. I just want you to be happy. Cause that's its own weird kind of pressure. Um, instead I try to use words like successful and fulfilled. I want you to be fulfilled in your life, you know, cause even successful sounds like, okay, I want you to be in a big house and have three cars and blah, blah, blah. I don't care how financially successful you are. I want you to be fulfilled and to have your needs met. And so my job is to help you figure out what that's going to be. And it also sounds like you guys both really want them to be resilient. You know, like it sounds like that's a big part of what you're teaching. I I always ask them to question authority, you know, not in a disrespectful way, but you know, if something doesn't smell right, sound right, question it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with being inquisitive. I think this is where we vary. (laughs) Just not mom's authority. Don't ever question mom's authority. No, No, mom is always right. (laughs) No, just, but it's interesting. That's where you kind of, it's two people. You know, if if you're in a two parent household, there's two people who are bringing two different perspectives and, and to the betterment of everyone. But even if you don't, you know, as long as they're exposed to other people. Right. And different perspectives. One of the things I wish I'd asked about this earlier, when you were talking about, um, your son or or a a son, a person, (laughs) none of this is related to any of your children um, that are going to be editing this podcast. Right. Um, but when (laughs) like, if they reject a girl and the girl then goes back to school and says they're gay, one of the questions we had was about talking to boys about their sexuality and how do we let them know that, and I don't know what your perception is on this, but, or is it okay to have a friend that's gay and that doesn't make you gay or how do you we address this? We are completely this? comfortable with that. And I've actually joked with my sons that I wish they were gay so that I could just have sons-in-law. So I didn't ever have to figure out girls because right. now girls are the scary thing to me now that seem like they seem like weird, mysterious creatures. Um, and, and I think making jokes like that lets them know it's Okay. You know, whoever you are is okay. And, and we yep. love you regardless. And, we, and, 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 and our, and, and, and we do have a son who brought a friend home and, and he spent the night and, and he's homosexual and we were totally cool with that. And it was like, great, 
that's your friend, you know, and, and what do you think made, I mean, do you think it was just your modeling and the way you spoke about these kinds of things? Well, now there's the opportunities in the culture. I mean, the television shows you watch, there's situations where we just don't even look at it as different anymore. It's very interesting. I've had to find myself explaining to my kids how some people think that that's not a good, like I've had to to go the the opposite. Like, you know, you have to educate them on how people have been, um, you know, like with the whole pride month thing that recently happened, you know, you had to explain to them that they used to get arrested and they used to get beaten up and, well, and still do yes. in a lot yes, of places. True. You know, and, and, and because that does seem so, so strange to them, yeah. but they're very comfortable with it. It's such a part of their culture now. It's, it's, it's an interesting time. Yeah. And I think too, <clears throat> I always approach things from kind of a, a libertarian bent. I, I, I think that, um, when I, put things kind of in its most basic terms. It's like, this is a human being. This is an American citizen. And for someone to um, not allow another human being to express feelings or love or sex with another human being that's an adult that are making decisions, that is... That's one of those things. How would you feel if, you know, and, and I, I will bring something that may be a little um, ridiculous to the thing, but, you know, what if, you know, all of a sudden it was against the law for you to have pizza? Is that fair to anybody? You know, I try to, because that's really how I think we both feel about, about, you know, the LBGTQ community and just, just people in general is, um, it's a human being and that's, you know, and they are afforded and should be afforded the same rights. There are little nuances that, that may or may not agree with everybody, but fundamentally, when you think about another human being telling someone that's not doing anything illegal or immoral, uh, which can be subjective, but you know, <laughs> murder, rape, those kind of things. If it's not those things, Telling them that they can't do those things to me is just, I just don't understand that. And so I try to teach them that to have that kind of moral authority over someone else. You know, I heard Penn Jillette, people know um, Penn and Teller, the magicians there in Vegas, they've been forever. Penn Jillette's one of the most brilliant people I've ever read or heard interview. And he asked about, because he's an atheist, and he asked about his Christian friends and his Muslim friends and all that. And he's like, are you, you know, are you upset or do you take anything they say to exception? And he's like, no, because I live by the philosophy is I don't know what's right for you and how you live your life. So it's not my place to say. And so that basic philosophy is something we kind of envelop our house around as one of inclusion and one of, uh, you know, we've had friends over from every persuasion and every, you know, ethnicity. And I mean, it's just not an issue in our house and well, it and, never and really has been. To touch on that, that we don't know what's right for you. We try to do that even with, with the boys, because I don't know what's right for you. I, I assume this, you know, from my experience that this is the way to go. And here is why, like, I find it so important to give that supporting evidence. I think a college degree is useful and this is how it's been useful in my life. And the thing that you need to, if you choose not to go that route, which our society is 
very encouraging of recognize when you the there's going to be potential costs that you don't realize now at this age. So if you don't have a degree, uh, when you go to get an application on a house, they're going to ask about your highest education level and they may not give you a loan for your house. Whether, you know, that think about your children when they're filling out paperwork at school, it asks parents highest, you know, level of education. Are you okay with them putting high school? If you're okay with that, great. That's your choice. But recognize that that is something that's going to happen that you may not be thinking about at this time. So I'm going to let you make your choices and I'm going to let you live with those consequences, positive and negative, because it's your life. I'm just here to guide as best I can. And arm them with as much information. And to give you the information. But I want you to see, you know, you may end up in that situation where, golly, we really wanted to hire you, but, eh, you know, we have to have somebody with a degree. Are you then going to feel like you've been slighted by the world if you didn't get that job? Recognize this is just a consequence. I'm not going to make the choice for you. I frankly don't want the responsibility. And I've told them that I'm not going to make your choices. I have to make my own choices. And that's plenty. (laughs) So you're going to make your own choices. Here's the information. Good luck with it. Right. And you know, and then once once you take away the control, they'll come to you for help Mm. because they don't feel like you're bossing them and telling them what to do. Instead, they start to look at you as more of a resource. Like, well, I don't know what to do here. Maybe mom knows. And mom goes, ooh, that is a hard one. I don't right? know. Yes. Good luck with a that. A lot of it is hard. <laughs> a lot of it is hard. It is. And, but at least if they know that it's safe to come to you, right. hopefully they will. So is there anything that you were hoping you could share that I haven't asked you about? I have pages of things I could share, Megan. This is like a whole <laughs> podcast in and of it itself. You might have to have your own thinking, show. We need to have Raising Boys in America in the 20 whatevers these are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I had a quick random. When it comes to friends, if you find that um, there's a kid that you think they should be hanging out with that they suddenly aren't hanging out with anymore and you're like, but they're from a, such a great family and they seem like such a great kid. Why don't you want to hang out with them? Listen to your children and don't encourage that relationship and tell them, okay, I don't see why you don't want to hang out with that person, but I trust you and I trust your judgment about who you need to be around because I found out years later that that kid had started doing drugs Mm. and my kids were not comfortable saying, oh, well, I don't want to hang out with that kid because I know he goes over to the park and smokes pot, but they were just telling me, yeah, we just don't like him, you know, and so trust them. If your kids are, they may be telling, there may be a whole backstory there that you don't know about that, you know, and you just have to, you have to trust your kids, you know, and when they feel your trust, they are going to be more likely to make the choices. And when they're responsible for their own choices, they're more likely to make the choices that are in their best interest because kids really don't want to screw their lives up. Right. They really don't. (laughs) None of us are trying to do that, right? Even though we sometimes do. Um, I I think for me real quickly, uh, kind of a takeaway, and it's it's just, you know, part of my upbringing. I think it's in my DNA is is I really encourage my kids to have manners. I still, you know, if I ask them a question and they say, yeah, I say, yeah. And then they'll say, yes, sir. 
There's nothing wrong with. I mean, that more maybe more of a Texas thing or a Southern thing, but it, it is. But it, 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 <laughs> but it, but it made my cousins from Colorado very uncomfortable. But I like it now. I mean, I'm not from Texas, yeah. and I like it now. I think it's. I think it's really nice and yes, respectful. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Not, thank you. Yeah. Please. Those kind of things. And and appreciating when they do things. Like if you when you appreciate yeah. them doing something for you, they're more likely to appreciate it yeah. back. So we got a. Uh, this was years ago, but we took our kids to a fancy schmancy restaurant and uh and we could see that we were getting some looks because the kids were smaller and um anyway they were well behaved they did what they were supposed to do they didn't cause any grief we got there a were no there were no ipads at the at the table to distract them <laughs> were those even a thing back then they this weren't. was a while back yeah. they weren't but they were good kids, kids can behave at a restaurant without distraction yes that's and my one judgmental thing we'll edit it later <laughs> yeah um but we got a discount. Remember, we got a discount from the restaurant because the manager said your kids were so good and people were so concerned. They gave us like a 15 or 20 percent discount on our meal. And it was like, that's awesome. But it I also like shouldn't be the discount, norm, like, though. Please don't come back. No. Here's your, no. <laughs> I'm, um, it, which is OK. Yeah. Um, um, no, and- I, I do agree with that, the manners. And I, I still remember my dad doing that to me when I was younger. Like, thank you, Megan. You know, and it was so embarrassing in the time. Right. But I'm kind of glad because now it makes me yeah. realize. Yeah, and I still say. So thanks, Dad. I still say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, to people that are younger than me. It's just mm-hmm. kind of, I, there's. it's almost like it's hard to overdress. You can underdress, mm-hmm. but having too much, too many manners or being too well-mannered is never a bad thing. So I just encourage that. No, I like that. So the way I usually end the podcast is asking what you do for self-care. So we talk about keeping the family brain healthy. How do you keep yourself healthy with self-care? Whoever wants to go first. I was thinking about that because I thought that might come up. Mm -hmm. Um, My self-care would be, I talk to my mom every day. Um, So like, if I'm, I work from home three days a week, um, on those days I'll walk the dog in the morning and she and I will visit. And, and on the two days that I do go to the office, we talk on my ride to work. And I just find that to be just the time where I can kind of review my life and, you know, celebrate the, the good things and, and talk through the things that I'm struggling with. And, and I always, teaser that she's my sounding board you know it's a great chance for me to kind of just verbalize because I'm, I'm a very verbal person and 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 get it out I have to get it out um and, and so that's what I do it's awesome yeah. that's a nice testament to your relationship I mean I think that's she's what we're all kind of working towards right yeah. we want to have adult people who want to talk yeah to that us. is my one concern about having only sons and no daughters is, is anybody gonna call me when you all move out <laughs> so we'll see <laughs> yeah, I know it's hard. I, I, I mean, I think that is a thing, but I'm sure you're cultivating a good oh, relationship. So. We'll see. Yes. <laughs> uh, mine is much more basic. Um, I have an app on my phone called um, brain.fm and it helps me sleep at night. I think sleep is so important. So I wake up pretty pumped. I've never drunk a cup of coffee in my life. I wake up energized and ready to go. Yes, he's made me a morning person. I didn't used to be one. Yeah, so I'm up and ready to roll, but uh, I have to get that sleep. And that's my self-care is just making sure that I don't compromise my sleep. What is the app 
do. It's uh, it sounds it, like crickets. Yeah, it touches on <laughs> alpha waves, oh. and it, it's actually very scientific. And it helps you sleep, and then it helps your brain um, shut itself off for the night, cool. so that you actually get better REM sleep. I used to own a a, a sleep lab, so I knew all about um, sleep patterns and making sure you get REM sleep and. Um, I've been doing this maybe three months since I found the app and, um, I actually heard someone else use the app and said, I'll give it a try. And man, it makes a huge difference. Brain FM. Brain.fm. And it's a free app. And then if you want all the other gizmos and gadgets that go with it, but it's for meditation. It has different sounds for meditation, for relaxing, for focus. Well, if you're working on a project, you can listen to this and it actually helps you focus. And then, of course, the sleep. That's awesome. App. So, yeah. And we have no financial consideration with Brain FM. No, we're not a no. sponsor. Although I was thinking Although they you should, should sponsor. Yeah, they should so sponsor. As we were talking, I'm like, why are they not a sponsor? So I'm, I will work on that okay. for you, Megan. Okay. And you can do your testimony and I'll try I, it too. I had one last random point, And I know sure. that you're going to be doing a series on screens. Yes. But video games, that's obviously mm-hmm. a huge thing with boys. Um, and something that has been unexpected in my experience with the video games is if you do find that, that your kids are getting upset or they are cranky afterwards, or they're angry, if they're depressed, if they're having a problem and you think, Oh, it's all video games, no more video games. You may realize it's one particular game. And so if, if they're getting, if you're, if you're seeing behaviors that you don't like when they're playing one game, you may say, okay, you know what? We're going to take a break from that game. You can play other games. And then if, if the behavior follows to other games, then you may have an issue. But you may find it's just that one game because some games are more toxic than others. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I don't think a lot of people realize who right. are in our generation. So don't I've necessarily of- throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. It may be that game that's a problem. They may be fine playing something else and be able to walk away from it and, it, you know, just be a pleasant experience, whereas that one may be... Right. I've heard a lot of results that about uh, Fortnite and just the addictive power of Fortnite. Fortnite will clearly not be sponsoring this show, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, no, that's just from my experience. But I think that's a good point is that just not to make an overall Fortnite. The one one positive on Fortnite is it is a low enough level that a lot of girls can get involved. So, or, or like I think as the skill level goes, so that's been interesting. Like our sons have girlfriends who aren't gamers, but Fortnite has been one that they can play along and learn how to game and interact because that is so much of what they do these days. And also don't completely think that video games are a waste of time as far as them communicating, you know, you don't even know these people. You're just talking over, you know, instant messaging and you're just talking through headphones I was telling John with my job, I work with people in DC and I will never meet these people. I don't even talk to them on the phone. I ping with them or, you know, I Skype instant message with them. I email with them and yet they're my coworkers. And so they're the video games are actually training them to be in the world that is now existing. Mm -hmm. So you may be like, they're never going to be able to communicate with people. And it's like, well, they will, and probably the way that they actually have to for their jobs. That's a really it's good a different point. world now. And how to keep them safe in that. 
you know, instead yes. of like what you're yes. saying about don't, don't, um, don't, yeah, you can't let them go to the movies, you know, exactly. Gonna have you to gotta, learn gotta, and, and, and interact with them. So a lot of that relationship building is go and watch them play. I know I can't stop. Talking. No, it's good. I, we need a double episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, go, you're going to have to go to them to find out what they're doing. They are not going to tell you, you have to go and sit by them and watch them play Fortnite and see how they interact with their friends. And, and so that's another part about keeping the computers in a communal space. And even if you have a small house, I think it's more worthwhile to put the kids beds in the same bedroom and have the sec another bedroom become a communal space with a couch and their computers or whatever. I think it's more important to have a game room than everybody have their own bedroom with their computers in the bedroom. Um, I, th I think, and go up and watch them and try to play with them and let them laugh at you mm -hmm. <laughs> when they I see how try. bad you are yes. at it. <laughs> I should do that. So, I am so thankful for you guys sharing everything you know about, I mean, this goes back to, oh, we're not experts. Are you kidding me? You are, you know, so much. And that's, what's so fun for me is to listen to people. And a lot of times people don't realize how much they do know until they start talking. Yes. And then they're like, oh yeah, this other thing. Oh yeah, this other thing. So it's, I mean, this is how I'm so thankful because my kids are younger and I can learn from some of your experiences and some of your you know, victories and defeats and, you know, all of that. Yeah. So. We were a little shy on the defeats. We, we didn't share a whole lot of that. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. We'll just assume there are some in your, this is yes. the, the nothing, it's not nothing all major, wine and roses. Yes. nothing major, yes. but, but that's normal. We I mean, do have our defeats, but yeah. yeah, it, you know, it's to piggyback on what Jenny's saying, you know, the, the most fun that I'm having right now is seeing, even though they were prepackaged, you know, they, they came with their personalities Seven minutes apart for two of them, they could not be more different. People don't even know their brothers. They look differently. They act differently. They speak differently. But finding as they get older, I think part of the fun, and you can make it fun, is really getting to know them as people. Mm -hmm. uh, because I really look forward to my relationship with my kids when they're 25, when they're 40. Uh, because they're neat people. and 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 we tell them that. We tell them that we just like them, you know, yes, of course I love you, but I like you. You're a neat person, you know, because they are neat people and everybody's neat people, you know, and, and, but I think they need to hear that. Yeah. I think and they need to hear, you're just a cool guy. Right. And if they're Instead different, of the constant, like, yeah, what, what, the are world's these your socks? Or the, down. Is this your towel? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah and like they'll just walk by and I'll just be like, you a happy boy, you know, like just do those little check-ins, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. And different is okay too. Mm -hmm. If you're goth, if you're weird, if you're, you know, whatever, that's okay. That's, that's what makes the we world We do draw the line of tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing permanent. Oh my gosh. My you husband have is already hair. talking about what kind of matching tattoos he's going to get with my kids. I'm like, can we slow the roll here? <laughs> like, let's slow it down. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, you gotta you gotta definitely be an adult to make that choice. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I've loved thank you. hearing all of your tidbits, and I'm definitely gonna get your number. So I, if I have questions and I need guidance, but I would love it. I'll talk your ear off. You got to be careful. <laughs> That's yeah, fine. Wind me up. She's like, yes, I know. That's fine. I um I know it's funny because I feel like this is one of the conversations that I've listened the most because I first of all need this information and don't even know the questions to ask at this point because my kids haven't even talked about younger. driving. There is so much, Megan. Oh no! Okay, well, 
<laughs> we should. We should. I mean, that's for real. If you think of other other topics, because I would love if people would go on the Facebook page and um, first of all, join the group if you're not a part of the Facebook group. And second of all, if there's topics we haven't covered or things that you want to know more about, Make sure to give feedback there because I don't know all the questions that are out there. And it's because this is something I'm still on the earlier end of the yeah. boyhood. And before you go, before you sign off, I want to congratulate you on hitting a benchmark, which is crazy. You've already got 10,000 downloads for your show, The Family what? Brain. And she's actually killing it as far as just somebody that i met uh doing a doing a um lunch and learn she came up we talked she was interested in doing a show she had a great idea and she's a perfect example of taking an idea making it happen and then just thriving in the space and so it's been a pleasure working with you and i can't wait for the next 50,000 downloads and the next 50 episodes because you are absolutely a, uh, a quintessential um, case study in how to do this right and make it fun and make it interesting. So congratulations. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, y'all that's need to keep sharing sweet. episodes. Just uh, I, I always, whenever I come across something, and that's something I do with my children actually, is you can just share an episode super easy, well, at least on, on my phone. You just press the little three dots and you can send the text and the text is the actual podcast. So they don't have to, you know, download anything on their phone. So if you have, you know, somebody who's not super tech savvy, just share the episode, uh, an episode with them. If you think it has to do with them, like your first episode, um, talk so much about adoptive children. And I have a friend who just recently is adopting a, a pair of foster children. And so I sent that to her. And so I may be giving you a call to uh, find the resources that Jill used. For sure. That would be great. And that's what we're, I'm trying to ramp up the um, show notes so that there are more resources. Cause that's one of my big passions is to get more resources to people. You know, it's like, I yeah. might know somebody or somebody might have a friend that, you know, try this resource. And people are often a little bit more isolated than we might realize in whatever experience well, they're I going through. In, well, well, I think you don't want people to know the so hard often. Parts. Yeah. yeah. That when it gets, you know, you find yourself not being totally, you know, let me tell you about all the, the, the ugly things back here. Right. And so it is nice to have, you know, show notes and resources that right. This is the place for the ugly things. No, yeah. <laughs> this is where the ugly no, things are. Yeah. Or where it's okay. Cause it, I mean, everybody has it. So, well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you for you. having us. I look forward to editing this episode. Oh, I know. <laughs> Please take a lot. Should of. I do an intro too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should I, should I do, was that an ending or should I do a separate ending? You think? Um, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and do a separate ending? Okay. Um, yeah. I will just shut up and let you okay. do your ending. I okay. I will look at you. Okay. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I'm so thankful for Jenny and John Largent, just sharing everything they know about raising boys and being vulnerable with us about, you know, just the process of trying to figure out how to grow boys into men and adults. So thank you so much. And remember to join the Facebook group, The Family Brain, and also check out our Instagram, Family Brain Podcast, because I have extra information about upcoming episodes and 
things that I'm reading that are sort of helping inform what we might talk about in the future. And if anybody has any ideas for future episodes or things that you think we haven't covered, make sure you mention that in the Facebook group. That would be great. So make sure you subscribe. And I would love it if you feel so inclined to leave a review because basically they're just fun for me to read. So I would appreciate it. Thanks so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.